Thank you for listening to a Sunday morning sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about these sermons, or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's sermon. Good morning, church. I need you to open your Bibles to Leviticus chapter 19 in the Old Testament. And uh, we're going to do something a little bit special today, not a little bit special, very special today, and have a conversation rather than just a monologue uh, for you to give feedback on. I'd like to begin by a passage in Mark chapter 12, it be very famous to us. While you have Leviticus 19 open, look at the screens. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, and he asked Jesus, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one answered Jesus is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. I want to pause there. When Jesus was giving the first, they would have known this came from Leviticus 19. When he said the second is this, there had been no second. He was teaching a new truth. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And Jesus is teaching us something in this. He's telling us that To experience what God wants the kingdom to be, it begins with love for him, and it is demonstrated by love for one another. In fact, if you look with me at Leviticus 19, verse 18, it says, love your neighbor as yourself. This is what Jesus was drawing from. He was bringing the great Shema, love the Lord your God with all you are, and then you love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus never defines what love is, but when he mentions the Torah, He's bringing them to to Leviticus 19. Let me explain it another way. When Jesus is on the cross and he says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The Jewish audience that day would have known he was quoting Psalm 22. If, If I were dying and my final words were, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, some of you in the room would know what I just did there. You would go, he's quoting a hymn, one of his favorite hymns. Well, Jesus was quoting that when he said, and love your neighbor as yourself, they would have known the Torah in Leviticus 19. Look at what some of the things in Leviticus 19 talk about. Leviticus 19.3, respect your parents. Leviticus 19.9 and 10, provide for the poor in your community. Leviticus 11, 13, 35 and 36, deal honestly with one another. Verse 12, speak with truth and clarity. Verse 14, care for the physically and mentally challenged. 15 through 18, be just to all people. Verse 32, respect your elders. Verse 33 and 34, be hospitable to strangers and aliens. A spiritually formed person loves God by loving people. Now where we've been in the story of the, of the Gospels to this point, if you've been with us, is we're noticing Jesus is doing some things. Recently, he's fed the 5,000. He walked on water and calmed the storm and saved the disciples. You remember these stories? Jesus did for others what they could not do for themselves. He provided his loving care for them. Our challenge as a leadership here for this community of believers is to be a Leviticus 19 church. A church that sees other people more important than ourselves. Today, I've chosen from a conversation that this gentleman to my left and I had about six weeks ago or a month back uh, at Starbucks about a need in our community, and it just gives us the opportunity to have a discussion about how do we love God by loving others. And what we'd like to address today 
is the foster care situation, not only just in our community, but throughout the world. So let me introduce the folks on stage in case you don't know them. To my far left is Maggie Shade. You all know Maggie. She's our community impact minister. Uh, She's been with us. We were talking about this uh, backstage a few moments ago. She's been with us for eight years now. Uh, We hired Isaac and found Maggie and thought, yes, and we brought Maggie on our team. Maggie's role on our staff is to connect us into the community. We ask a question. It's not our question, but it's a good question. If this church closed down, would anybody but the people who attended miss us? And if the answer is no, then we're not being light in a dark place. Our community should miss us one day. The schools should miss us. The hospitals, the police force, the fire department should all miss us if we're not here doing what we do in the name of Jesus. There's another group in our community that needs loved on, and those are the children that are taken from their homes and placed in foster care. What are we doing for them? And this gentleman to my left is M.D. Neely, who is the director of film for Christ in Youth, one of our partners in ministry. Uh, I'm going to just read this officially because it's pretty fancy. He serves all Christ in Youth programs, including marketing and administration, and providing all film and video elements needed to amplify the call of Christ on students' lives to be kingdom workers. During his time at CIY, he's produced award-winning films, Love Costs Everything. Many of you might have remembered seeing that film here and talking about the persecution in the church throughout the world. Becoming Sons and Daughters, another film that we viewed here, as well as thousands of individual video elements that have been viewed by hundreds of thousands of students and getting to travel with them each and every summer. I've seen each and every one of these films. This guy is flat amazing at what he does. I'm glad he's doing it for the kingdom and not for Hollywood. It's a blessing. MD's a graduate of Columbia College with a Bachelor of Arts in Documentary Film and Editing. He and his wife, Sarah, have three children, Avery, Asher, and Ava, and then Church. Good news. They got two more coming really soon. You might see Sarah later. She'll look like she might have two more coming really, really soon. So we want to congratulate them on the expansion of their family to have five children, and he'll probably be making home films of each and every one of them as well. So I've asked Maggie and MD to be on stage here because we need to understand that the issue of foster care children in our community is our issue. Don't you think so, church? You can talk back to me this morning. That kids that need loved and cared for and the gospel, whose problem is that, the government's? Absolutely not. That's ours. Now, before you become overwhelmed by that, um, I want to explain why MD's here. Because he's making a film for Christ in Youth that deals with the foster care issue in the country. And he'll be explaining that in a few moments. But I've asked Maggie if she would share with us a little bit of what's taking place in our community that we as a church family need to be aware of. And I want to steal a line that she's used recently that I love, that we want to bring good news into bad news stories. So Maggie, what's presented to us in our community that we need to be aware of that we may just simply not know? Well, we see in our community, through a variety of reasons, a lot of those reasons being drugs, that there are a number of children in foster care. In Jasper County, there's just under 400 kids in foster care, and those are for a wide range of reasons. Like I said, a lot of that being drugs, neglect, abuse, things like that. And, and we as a church are so thankful because we have a really great relationship with Children's Division, with um, just different foster care agencies who 
are saying, yeah, we want the church to be involved. We want um, you to help us and figure out how to solve this issue. And the thing about the issue of kids in foster care is when I look at other things that our community impact ministry does, I look at poverty and homelessness and um, even human trafficking, which we just started to get involved in. And it's just so overwhelming. And I I think of how are we going to do anything about this. And, and God is faithful and he leads us in the right direction and, and we take steps in faith and we do those things. But it's different when I look at the foster care crisis in our community and I see that it's just so doable, that God has opened a door for us to make a really huge impact. When I think of just under 400 kids, that's what essentially like one section of chairs and a little more of this many kids that are in foster care who have experienced horrific trauma. I mean, you don't end up in foster care because things are really good for you. You end up in foster care because you come from a hard place, because you've experienced trauma. And the answer to that is family, it's community, it's Jesus. And so we as a church have an opportunity to really make a huge impact on these kids' lives. These kids that come from broken places, from hard places, we have an opportunity to speak into that in a wide variety of ways. Some of that is, yes, through becoming foster parents, but then as we'll talk about in a little bit, there's a ton of other opportunities for us as a church to have a huge impact on that. So if... Leviticus 19 is not optional for us. It's the way we're to live out our faith. That, that uh, Paul even says at one point that we should be shining stars in a dark world. Not that we're the star, but we're showing the light. If you, if you see the imagery, you go back to the birth narrative of Jesus. And what did the star do? The star indicated to the wise men where the Savior was. And our role here is to do the same thing. So, Maggie, you talk about, you know, we've even had this prior discussion that... It's such a big picture that many of us will sit in the room and get overwhelmed. It's like, I can't. So how are we to envision as believers our, our role in helping uh, situations that aren't our experience or not immediately in our sphere of influence? I think there's a lot of different opportunities and that it looks completely different for every family in our church. But if, if we as a church are going to say that we want to be a part of this, we want to be involved, then it is a whole church effort, not a us as staff or us standing on stage. It's, it's us as the church. And there's so many different ways to do that. Like I said, one of those is obviously becoming a foster family, welcoming children into your home. Um, and we want to dialogue with you what that could look like. There's, there's a lot of misconceptions. This isn't just them showing up and bringing three kids to your doorstep. And so, you know, if you check the card that you're going to do that, it's, it's really flexible. And you can say, you know, how many children that you're okay with and the ages that you're okay with. And so we want to talk about that. But then for those of you who don't feel called to foster, there's ways that we can support and love the foster families within our church. Right now we have about 10 families in our church who are currently taking new placements. We would love to see that number grow. But for those of you who don't feel called to foster, there's so many things. There's a thing called wraparound support that we want to be a part of that we want to say, maybe Maybe God is not calling me to foster, but I see that you are, that God has called you to do that. And I want to love you in that. I want to provide a meal for you. I want to mow your yard. I want to offer respite care. If you need to go out of town, I can watch your kids for a weekend. I can offer something to you so that you can love those children because loving kids from hard places 
takes a lot and it's doable and the Lord can equip us to do that. But if we can come around you and we can say, I'm going to take care of all these other things that I can do so that you can take care of the things that only you can do as a parent to that child, then we want to be able to do that. And then we have things like through our orphan care ministry, we do a ton of foster care events. Coming up June 1st, we have a foster parent appreciation dinner where all of the local foster families are invited to come. They're going to have a nice meal in one of our student ministry centers. And we're going to have all the kids over here. And it's a crazy night and it's a fun night, but we need volunteers for that. We need people who are going to spend a couple hours with kids in foster care and say, I love you and you are seen and you are known and you are valued. And I want to make your experience in this church, even though it's just a couple hours at night, I want to make that good and positive. And I want to walk away. I want you to walk away feeling loved and valued. So those are kind of some of the things that we as a church can do to be involved in this, in this situation. When we created Maggie's role for our church, it was really for her to be in, if, pardon this expression, but it's what we envision when we talk together, is it's in sales. Her job is to go out and share what our church is able to provide a community. Not that we're trying to get members or money from it, but actually it's promoting that we are here to serve our community. And Maggie has shared as she's networked with differing groups throughout, and some of you even worked in, in areas that Maggie makes connections for our church with, Uh, Can you share with our church the opportunity we have in this county that many churches don't have an opportunity with? Yeah, we, I mean, just, and honestly, a lot of this is because of people within our church who have just, just been kingdom workers where they're at. There are so many foster families in our church that have been just good foster families and have just been faithful in what you're doing and and have loved people well and have really set the stage for us as a church to come and to follow along behind you. Same thing with division of youth services, same thing as within the human trafficking realm, all of these different things within the school district where our people are living out their faith there and then we can kind of ride their coattails and come behind them and say, okay, you trust them and they're a part of our family. So now you can trust us and we can be involved in what the Lord is doing in our community. Yes, through um, faith-based nonprofits, but also through government organizations. And that's rare. I talk to friends who do um, ministry similar to this all over the country and they would kill for an opportunity like our church has because we have government organizations asking us to come in and be a part of what they're doing. And the only way that can be explained is because the Holy Spirit is moving and is working in this community in a really beautiful way. See, when the, you remember in your Old Testament when the, when God punished Israel and Judah in two separate times, he took them into captivity. Assyria, Babylon, they went under captivity. You, you might remember the prophets told them, when you go, bless the city. We don't want to have an antagonistic relationship with our community. We want to be a blessing. And should we ever be taken advantage of? Let's be reminded, that's why we're here. We're here to pour out our lives as a love offering into our community, whether it's received or not. And I love the fact that we are in a period of time where in this community, you and I get to make a difference, and we're asked to be partners in that. And we're not going to overrun it and overstep our bounds, but think about the number of children that we could bless with the gospel truth that they're loved, valued, and known. I think that'd be worth every moment of our day, wouldn't it? Amen. Now, I want to introduce MD, and uh, he came to me, like I said, maybe a month or so back, and we just had a wonderful uh, coffee. He and his wife, Sarah, are uh, attending our church, and, and he just simply said that he's got a project that 
CIY is putting together that's related to this, and he would like to enlist, which we'll talk about in a few moments, he'd like to enlist his church family uh, to support this, not financially, but in a more powerful way. So, MD, would you kind of reveal what the, what the vision is for this film you're, lo- you're working on? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> really feel like God's kind of led us to tell this story about foster care and adoption, and um, we're, we're at the stage, uh, films go, you know, the first stage of, of making a film is just listening, so it's kind of research and development, and so when we uh, kind of felt the Lord leading us uh, to this topic, we met with Maggie and some other people from CCO. Uh, we also have some other partners um, in AKB, which is an organization America's Kids Belong. Um, they put uh, churches in contact with foster care um, to really help empty the foster care in, in, in those certain states, as well as a, a, an organization called CAFO, which is a network of churches. And so we've met with uh, a lot of people and have just heard the need about foster care and just raising the awareness, but also um, wanting to be able to tell a story and provide a resource to churches that helps uh, really address that issue um, and kind of some of the things we talked about from foster care all the way down through wraparound care. Um, and so throughout this process, we're looking at releasing the film maybe in 2019 um, along with a bunch of other materials. Um, and we, it's, it's a bigger project than we've taken on before. So mm-hmm. typically we would show something like this at Move and Mix Uh, which some of your students may have gone to. Um, And we program a time at the event for that film. Um, But then beyond that, the film can kind of just sit on the shelf. And so we're really trying to take a more holistic approach uh, with this project and try to get it outside the four walls of a CIY event into churches across the country. And so it being just a much larger um, project, we're really looking for a lot of prayer uh, support as we do that because we're, we're taking on a lot of unknowns and a lot of new things with this project. So the request that I want each and every person, whether you see yourself fostering a child one day or being a support network for those families that are doing that, if, you, if, if you're moving your heart at all, one of the things that MD asked me that really moved me that day was he would like this church to be the prayer protection for this film. I, I hope you sense that we believe this film's bigger than a programming element. This film's going to be a statement that takes this monster concept of how do we... Uh, imagine your child. This, this puts it for me. If someone came to, to my home and took Braden from, from Heather and me and took him away, and where would he go? And who would care for him? And who would love him? And who would protect him? And who, who would help him understand what just took place and why they had to separate us for a season. When you go through all that, I enter into a realm of emotions that I'm not used to and I often keep hidden. Now put yourself in that child's place. Is this a story where the church can look and say, we need to be there for that child in its worst moment? We need to love that child and care for that child and provide safety and just an honest expression of love and empathy for where they're at. See, this film will probably, most likely, right, be shown to 40,000 high school kids in a summer. 40,000 kids that we're going to call to be kingdom workers, to invest their life in others. And so the first thing we want to ask you, and you'll get a chance to respond more practically and purposefully, but would you help us commit? Because I'm in. I want to ask you, are you in to protecting this film that it does what God wants it to do nationally, if not across the globe? to be able to protect children that are vulnerable, unprotected in the worst moment of their life. 
And so I want you to ponder that because that's what Leviticus 19 calls us to be. Caring for those that are disenfranchised, caring for those that are outcast. Remember when Jesus came in and he unrolled the scroll and he said, he's casting out demons and he's taking care of the poor and, and all of this is happening in your midst. When he, when he opened his kingdom, his kingdom people go into the world and bring those that are hurting into the kingdom. What's your, what's your hope? What's your passion for this film? We really just want to create something that, um, so we know that films, uh, they're really great at starting conversations and they're really great at, at moving people emotionally. Um, but we know that only through God's power is that going to be sustained. Um, but we want to create something that isn't just a film, but is a resource for the church, um, to have a, a deep investment in the foster care, um, and adoption issue. Have you ever done a prayer initiative like this for one of your films previously? And if so, how did you feel it strengthened you? And if not, why this one? Yeah, so um, I think we, we, we've done prayer before, obviously, but, but not in this kind of intentional way, um, I guess, at this early in the, in the process. And since it's going to be about a two-year um, process, really wanting it to be um, just something that's covering the whole project uh, constantly. And so, so, yeah, we haven't done it before. It's kind of a new, it's kind of a new thing. Um, so I'm excited to see what, what God does with it. So someone's sitting out here looking to say, okay, you want me to pray for this. Can you give some examples of what we might be praying for that you feel as the filmmaker uh, might be suspect, like connections with the right people and so forth? Can you give examples of what we would pray for? Yeah, so um, obviously films are not cheap. So uh, praying for uh, financial provision, um, praying for one of the big things right now uh, is the story. Uh, we're, we're still in that research uh, stage, so we're still listening and trying to find what, what is that heartbeat, what is the thing that we really feel like we can hang the story on. Um, so that, that's a huge one, because uh, you can't really move forward with anything until you have a script, and so that's kind of the first, uh, that's the cornerstone of, of, of the project. Um, so those are, those are probably the two biggest things right now. See, and I want to play with, I like words, and I like to mess with words. So imagine yourself this way. MD is going to produce and direct this film as God leads him to. But you and I get to be filmmakers. And what I mean by that is we get to make the film possible. We get to pray that the right connections are made with the right people who can give the right message and the right story can be told so God can get his message out that every child in this world is his. And he loves that child desperately. Maggie, what are some practical things you would encourage our church that we can do to be not only a part of just a film, but this bigger movement in our community and the impact we get to make? Yeah, I think just um, being a part of what God is already doing, you know, considering fostering, being a part of that wraparound support, um, being a part of this prayer team, praying for kids in our community. When I think about this film and I think about just the legacy impact that it can have, it just makes me excited. There's, there's a lot of bad news in foster care. I was sharing with them earlier that, that one thought or the idea that, that gets me out of bed in the morning is the fact that this makes me really angry. The fact that the prison systems in America, when they are looking at the future and they're trying to think, okay, how much space do we need for prisoners in the future? They look at the number of kids aging out of foster care because that's going to give them an accurate number of how many people are going to end up in prison someday. And that makes me angry 
Be, but it's true. I have to admit that, that that's an accurate um, number that they can count on. And there, there's just so many, so many bad news stories. Last weekend, we took our high schoolers, um, a group of high schoolers from the church on an impact experience weekend. And we went to children's division and they walked around and they saw the visitation rooms where, where parents maybe once a week will get to visit with their kids. And we saw all of these cubicles of the caseworkers. And in one of the cubicles, there's a cot with a, a kid's blanket on it. And um, the caseworker said, this is where a kid, if a child is removed in the middle of the night, this is where they will lay and sleep while the caseworker calls person after person asking them to take in this child. Like the, those are things that just make my heart break into a million pieces. And I hate those. I hate those thoughts. But then I hear things like this and I I see the opportunities that God is giving us as a church. And I think of the legacy impact that this film can have. And I think of the number of students and the number of churches across the country that are going to see this. And the Holy Spirit is going to move to do something about this crisis. And I think about the kids that God is going to reclaim as his and the way that he is going to restore to them what was taken from them, the way that he's going to turn their sorrow into joy and the way that he's going to give them a new hope and a new future. And I think, okay, God, you have this and you are putting people like MD and organizations like Christ and Youth in a position to do something big about that. And we as a church get to be a part of that in big ways like praying, in in seemingly small ways like making a a lasagna for a family when they take in a new child. Just all of those different ways just excite me for where we're at as a church. Would you explain the card that we're going to offer you today? This is an actionable day. It's a conversation you get to listen on, but it's also a challenge. And, and Maggie's put together a card that's going to be available to you. In fact, I think it's in the seat back, uh, little folders there that you can reach and get one. If you want to pull one out and take a peek at it, Maggie, would you walk them through how we can respond? Yeah, so you can see the card and the seat back in front of you. We just want your basic contact information. Um, and then we just want you to check anything that you're interested. Check them all if you want to. That would be awesome. Um, the first one is the CIY film prayer team. So this is going to have a couple different elements to it. We're looking at what that's going to look like. Some, some of you will just want to get an email once a month, an update on the film, and you can pray in that way. Some of you want to be even more committed to that. And we're going to talk about some opportunities um, of what that looks like for you to be really committed to praying for this film. Um, and then next we have volunteer to foster care event. Like I said, we do different events at our church in the community. If you just kind of want to maybe just get your feet wet a little bit and see what this would look like to be involved. We have different events coming up that you can, um, give up a Friday night or maybe a couple hours and you can say, okay, I just want to look, I just want to see what this looks like. And I want to, um, just kind of test the waters and see, see what's going on with this and see what God is doing in this way. Next is that family, foster family wraparound support where we can say, okay, for the people in our church that are called to foster, how can we wrap around you as a church family and provide for you the things that you're going to need to make your life a little bit easier as you're bringing in kids from hard places? How can we, how can we pray for you? How can we bring your, you meals? How can we help you transport kids to appointments, counseling appointments, doctor appointments? How can we provide respite care? 
or how can we um, say, let me mow your lawn. You take care of this child in your home. I'm going to mow your lawn. I'm going to do these things. I'm going to clean your house for you. So if you want to be a part of that, we would love for you to sign up for that. Um, And then finally, become a foster family. Maybe the Lord has been working in your heart for a long time, or maybe today's the first time, and you're like, gosh, I don't know what this could look like, and this is scary, welcoming a stranger into my home, but maybe God is saying, I'm going to use you in a way, whether it's for two weeks that a child is in your home, or whether it's that ends in adoption, and you get to love that child for the rest of their life. Um, Maybe God is calling you into that. And so if you check that one, we're just going to send you some information. We're just going to, you're not signing up to take a child home today. Don't worry, that's not going to (laughs) happen. But we're just going to send you some more information of what that could look like and when those classes start and and what opportunities there are in that way. So if you want to fill out that card, there's baskets at the exits. You can just drop those in there. And then our impact team is going to be in touch with you sometime this week to follow up on those. I'm going to let uh, Maggie and MD go out to the foyer, and here's what I'm going to ask you all to do. In fact, if MD looks a little glassy-eyed, he just got home last night at about 10 o'clock from being in Ireland all week, premiering the film they showed last summer with Move. So it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon on his body clock right now. So if he's a little bit glassy-eyed, get him a cup of coffee and have a conversation with him. He'd love to meet you. If you're interested in being, if God's calling you right now to be a prayer partner in this, more communication will come about what those specific needs are. If you'd like to meet him and encourage his heart by walking up and saying, I'm in, please do that. Take a moment to do that. Maggie will also be out in the foyer with MD. If you have any questions about any of this, I would love for every single person to look at that card. And if nothing else, take it home. If you can't answer it today, take it home and ask God, what's my role in this? Because I may not foster a kid in my home, but we've got friends who do, and I should be available to them for anything they need to care for those children so that they know they're loved and the gospel gets heard. Would you help me thank these two for being here with us this morning? So what do we do? The question, that's now up to you. I think as a church, Maggie's given us some very practical practical. Uh, ideas. How do you bless a family that's doing foster care? How do you open your home to a child who needs to know that somebody's loving them right now and protecting them when it's not that the government uh, isn't, it's sometimes the government can't, and that's where we exist, to be the loving embrace of Jesus. He said to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And what was the gospel? Love the Lord your God with all you are and love your neighbor as yourself. So this morning what I'd like to do is simply end our service by having everyone stand together. And I'd like to just offer a prayer, asking God to speak. And most of all, can we agree this morning, let's pray that God moves and protects our children, every single one of them. And upon the conclusion of our prayer, we'll be dismissed this morning. Father, this is big, and yet it's real. That there's a moment for each one of us to to love our neighbor as ourself. Some of those neighbors we come in direct contact with and some of our neighbors are the ones that we're loving that are loving others. I pray that your spirit would speak to this church. You have given us size. We don't always know why, but we know there's a purpose behind it. You've given us resources and opportunity. You've placed us in a community where the government agencies are asking us to partner with them because they care about the kids too. And God, we know that you love these children. And you love their families that are broken. 
and you love the care providers. May we love them all. May we serve one another by serving you. May we love you by loving others. May we be lights in dark places and good news and bad news stories. Most of all, Jesus, thank you for giving us a love that shows us what it looks like. Loving us, providing, and caring for us. We are blessed and we are called and we're at your disposal. Speak to us so we know how to respond each and every day with the love you've given us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to a Sunday morning sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about these sermons or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. Dot com.